We're going to be in John chapter 15 this evening. John chapter 15. We'll begin, we're going to read a kind of lengthy portion tonight. We won't get into all the passage itself. We, I'm actually, I think we'll deal with it some more on another occasion. But, but I really want to get into the main, one of the main points of this. John chapter 15. Let's stand together for the reading of the scripture. And we'll read the Bible together and then pray. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. You know, Jesus more in the Gospel of John than any of the other Gospels, uses that phrase frequently, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the door, you know, of the sheep. Um, And so here he says it again, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, even so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your word. We can only imagine what it must have been like for these disciples. In those hours before Golgotha, before Calvary, before the sacrifice, before the betrayal, before all these things that 
You gave these words to your disciples, and tonight we look at them and we're challenged by them, we're encouraged by them, we're uh, pray tonight that you would open our hearts and minds to what you have for us as we focus on this matter of bearing fruit. God, use it, use your word, Lord, to encourage us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, this phrase in verse 1, I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman, that's really something I want to focus on tonight where Jesus said, my father is the husbandman. Uh, this is such an important portion of scripture. If you, take, if you were to take, beginning in John chapter 12, where Jesus rode into Jerusalem, and in John chapter 12, he told his disciples that except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth fruit. He said that in John chapter 12. If it, and he was really telling them about the fact that he was just going to go to Golgotha and die soon. And that he, you have to die to bring forth fruit. That's John chapter 12. John chapter 13, you'll remember, where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. The, all these things happened just before he went uh, to the cross. John chapter 14, uh, Jesus gave us his disciples, he said, these words of encouragement, he said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. In John chapter 14, he also said, I'm going to send another comforter to dwell in you, not be with you, but dwell in you and abide with you forever. Then we have John chapter 15. In John chapter 16, Jesus continues teaching them with these words, for instance, in John 16, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come. But if he comes, he'll lead you into all truth. John chapter 17, Jesus prays this wonderful, wonderful prayer in John chapter 17, where he begins with these words, Father, the hour is come. And then he prayed for his disciples. And then he says, I'm not just praying for them, I'm praying for all those that will believe because of them. So you have this Wonderful passage here, John chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. All of that happens right before Jesus goes to the cross. He's had this intimate time with his disciples. And a part of that is John chapter 15. And that's where we're focusing our attention tonight. Where Jesus emphasized in this passage the importance of bearing fruit. Eight times in the verses we read tonight, eight times you have this word fruit. It's about bearing fruit. And he's talking to his disciples. And he gave them, to me, a very practical uh, illustration, object lesson that they maybe more than us could relate to. And that one, that is when verse one he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Now, if you were to ask a person, now tonight after tonight, you might answer a little differently, but if you were to ask the average person, what do you think God is like? Well, they'd obviously say God is a father. Jesus referred to it right here in verse 1. My father is the husbandman. He's also a shepherd. We talked about that Sunday night, how he, he led uh, his children, Israel, like a flock uh, through Moses and Aaron. He's a shepherd and he's a father. He's also a provider. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is our provider. We know that God the Father is all these things, 
But Jesus said something about him that most people would not think of. He's a husbandman. Now that doesn't mean he's got a wife. Husbandman. Husbandman means he's a farmer. A husbandman is a farmer. Now that's an important concept to understand. Think about God the Father tonight and try to put this in your head and think about it. He is a farmer. That doesn't mean he wears overalls all the time. But he's a farmer. And this is what Jesus, this is a part of what Jesus wanted the disciples to know about him before Jesus left. He wanted them to know that he's a comforter. He talks about how he would send the comforter to help them. He wanted to talk to them about their joy and their hope, how that they will one day be with him in heaven. He talked about all these things in that same passage. I didn't mention it. But he said, I'm my peace, I leave with you, not as the world giveth I unto you. He talked about how they could have peace and how they could have joy and, and all these kind of things. But then he said this, my father is a farmer. My father is a husbandman. Now what does a farmer do? A farmer plows and plants, harvests. That's what a, fa a farmer does. You know, think about um, all of us in this room. I'm not a gardener anymore, but we've gardened in, our, in years gone by. I like having a garden. If it wasn't for the work, I'd probably still have one. But gardening's hard work. But think about a gardener. And, and uh, some of you grew up in a more of an agricultural environment. I did. My grandparents, both of my grandparents, my grandfathers were farmers. I spent a lot of weekends on the farm I, and, and a lot, some entire, almost entire summer on the farm, whether it's make, working with cattle or building fence or, or hauling hay. It was a part of my life. I'm, very, I'm kind of familiar with with farm, the farm world. So think about, though, this occupation of gardening. Just think about it. Keep in mind, your father, if God, Jesus' father is your father, and your father is a farmer. Your heavenly father is a farmer. What, is a, what does a gardener do? They, they cultivate the land. They till the land. They get it ready for the the spring planting, they plant, they sow the seed, they weed it, try to keep the weeds out of it, and they fertilize it. And then when, when harvest time comes, they harvest it. That's what they do. They live for that. You know, what is the goal of a gardener or a farmer? It's not just to get out there and exercise. It's not just to invest their time in some hobby it's kind of rewarding in a way doing those kind of things. But you know what the bottom line is? You know what the goal is? It's the fruit. You wouldn't do all that if you weren't going to get any tomatoes or okra or green beans or squash. You do it for the fruit, right? You want the fruit. Where's the fruit? That's what gardeners do. They want to see fruit. Our Father is a husbandman. God is a farmer. Yes, he's a comforter. Yes, he is. Yes, he is a peacemaker. He's all of those things, but he is a farmer. And that's the message that Jesus is getting across. Some people speculate, and, and I think it's noteworthy. I don't think you can prove it, but, you know, he's making this trip from... Um, 
the upper room where he's been with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane where he'll agonize in prayer. Some people think, well, he, maybe he had uh, some grape vines as a backdrop. I am the true vine. My father is the husband. That's possible. We can't prove that. But the, the Jesus is getting a message across to these disciples. God is all, your God, your Father is all these other things. He is a prayer answerer. He is a friend. He is a therapist. He's a helper. But he's also a farmer. His father was a farmer. My, my father is the husbandman. And our father is a husbandman. You know what that means? He's interested in fruit. He's interested in seeing fruit. And how's that fruit going to be produced? It's going to be produced through his people. Right? So, Jesus says in John chapter 15 and verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Jesus is the vine. So if you could picture this, Picture Jesus as being a vine, a not, a not a great cedar tree like the cedars of Lebanon, but a vine. Jesus is the vine, and the father is the farmer. The father is the husbandman, and so all the fruit comes through Jesus. You know, if you were to go, um, if you were to go to the visit the vineyards to pick grapes, just grapes, pure grapes, then you're going to see that every one of those grapes comes off of a vine, right? There, are, there is no fruit apart from the vine. Zero, nada, none. So only Jesus can produce the fruit. And the fruit that is produced through the vine, is produced for the benefit of the husbandman, the Father, our Heavenly Father. Now, He wants us to bear fruit. I'm, I'm using this tonight because I, I want to just really kind of plant a seed, no pun intended, but I want to plant a seed about missions, about bearing fruit. You know, we just read a, just read some paragraphs tonight about money that we sent to a person who, who, who sent Bibles to six different nations and one of those, one of those was a large container. When, you know, I don't, maybe you don't know what a container is. If you ever look at uh, trains going up and down the track and you see these large metal containers on those trains, on these being hauled up. That's what a container is. Imagine one of those containers full of Bibles and full of scriptures. That's what, that's what he shipped. That's why it was tens of thousands of dollars worth of paper and, and printing material just, just for a church to produce it. So the point is, you, you support missions. We support missions. We pray for this man. We, we ask God to bless that. The word of God goes and just in this one little letter goes to countries and tens of thousands of people and somebody gets helped, somebody gets saved, something good happens for the, some church is helped and strengthened. That's fruit 
to your account. That's what Paul said to when he wrote to the book uh, in Philippians to the church at Philippi. I don't ask you for these things for myself, but it might be fruit to your account. Fruit. You say, well, I don't really, that doesn't really matter that much to me, but let me just assure you tonight, it matters to your father because he's a husbandman. He wants to see fruit. Now, he doesn't just see that fruit through missionary involvement, but that's one way, and that's why we're thinking about this. So what does it mean to bear fruit? There are two different things in the Bible, two different places in the Bible, where it talks about fruit bearing, and they're very distinctive, very different. The first one is in Galatians chapter 5, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance. The fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit's work in our life that produces character, godliness, Christ-likeness that you can't produce on your own, that I can't produce on. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I can try to be kind. I try to be kind every once in a while. It doesn't always work. But my kindness is nothing compared to the kindness that He can produce through us. My love, love, joy, peace. My love, I try, you know, we might try to be loving and understanding and compassionate, but, it's, but my love has a certain has, has limitations on it. But God's love is different, that charity. It's God's love. It's what He produces. He loves people in ways that we could not. I'm just saying God, who does that? God does that through us. That's the fruit of the Spirit working in it. The more He fills our life, the more He's going to live out, out through us. So that's one kind of fruit. But the other kind of fruit is what he's talking about here in John chapter 15, what he was talking about in Philippians, as I mentioned earlier, chapter 4, I believe it is, in Philippians, where he says, fruit to your account. That, that word fruit is not just godliness and character. That kind of fruit is reproducing spiritually. Here's your, it's not a trick question, but it's a hard question. What is the fruit of a tomato plant? Tomato. Some of you got it. If a tomato plant is producing fruit, it's going to be a tomato without an E. If a grapevine is producing fruit, it's going to be a grape. If an okra plant stalk is producing fruit, it better be okra. So if Jesus says here, I want you, I'm the branch... I mean, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and I want you to produce fruit. What is that fruit going to be? And the answer is, it's going to be disciples. It's going to be people. We're to be fruit-bearing. Now, we, we have a tendency to overlook this or uh, underlook it. But if you're, if you're a gardener, you know, you would understand the importance of fruit bearing. You know, just like Jesus taught, gave that illustration in the Gospels about a tree that hadn't produced any fruit in two years, and they're going to cut it down. And he said, well, dig it and dung it. Give it another year. Let's fertilize it. Let's dig around it. Give it one more year to produce fruit. And if it doesn't, cut it down. 
I have some fruit trees in our yard that are in serious jeopardy of being cut down. They usually don't produce any fruit. This year they did, and the squirrels helped themselves. But, but the point is, you, you wouldn't, just think about this. It's just common sense. You wouldn't have a garden and not be interested in the fruit. You know, you wouldn't have a fruit tree and not be interested in the fruit. And Jesus said that he is the true vine and we're branches and he wants to see the fruit. By the way, just notice a couple of things. And again, we're, just gonna, we're kind of just looking at this tonight as an introductory lesson. But look in verse 8. Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Now what does fruit bearing do? Now if we were to just try to make a name for ourselves and try to rack up some numbers and say we did this and we produced that, then for, our, for ourselves that'd be wrong. But the truth of the matter is when real fruit is produced, it glorifies God. Right? It glorifies God. That's what it says right there in verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Verse 16, he says, You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you, placed you where you are, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. So the question we ought to ask tonight is, you know, how could we bear more fruit? What kind of fruit are we bearing? And I would think, I would think individually, I think as our church, I think about our missions work. And missions conference, a missions emphasis is a good time to think about that. If we, I think if we could, um, if we could think about the way we're going to be uh, judged at the Bema seat, at the judgment seat of Christ, you know, how we've used the resources that God has given us, what, what have we done, then uh, we ought to be asking ourselves, is what, is what we're doing bearing fruit? We gave a, have a really encouraging report this past Sunday or the Sunday before from a missionary that we started supporting when he very, before he ever went to the mission field. Uh, and he's been in South Africa now for quite a number of years. So we heard this report, just to refresh your memory, of a young man who was saved through his ministry when he was 15 years old. This young man was 15 years old. And then God brought a woman into his life. And a couple of years ago, they got married. They're about to have their first child. This past Sunday, the very first church that he went over there to organize, the very first church has been officially organized. It's not a mission anymore. It's an autonomous, independent, self-supporting, self-sustaining, self-governing Baptist church. And that's fruit to your account. Fruit matters. Now, why is that fruit to my account or to your account? Because we give we pray for that missionary. We give money to that missionary. We're actually investing in him. And I would think anybody would want to be a part of that. I mean, that's fruit. Jesus said bear fruit. And uh, we ought to want to bear fruit locally, and we'll talk about that some. But, we, but this is what missions is about. 
Our Father is a farmer. And our Savior, His Son, is a vine. And look what it says there in verse... Uh, still got your Bible open there in John chapter 15. Verse 2, He says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, He purgeth it, that it may bring forth or produce more fruit. Then look in verse 5, in case we don't know um, what the branch is. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. So the vine is the primary part of the, the vine. The, comes from the ground, the root system. But the branches come off of the vine. So if G, the father is the husbandman and Jesus is the vine and the, the, the fruit is not born on the vine. The fruit is born on the branches. And the branches are connected to the vine. I, th- I feel like this is a an, an lesson in agriculture or something. But that's what it is. And so we, are, we individually, we are branches in the vine. And he's looking for those branches to produce fruit. Our father is a husbandman. A farmer. You know, it amazed people in when Jesus was 12 years old and they could not find him. His parents were on their way back to Nazareth, had left Jerusalem, and they'd been gone more than a day, and they found out that Jesus was gone, and they found him in the temple, and they were sort of amazed that he was having dialogue and asking questions of these spiritual, these spiritual uh, Jewish people. And Jesus said this, must, no, don't you know I must be about my father's business? Now, I don't know if you ever think about the father being in business, but he is. He has work. He has business. And one of his businesses, the father's, is he's a farmer. And he only has one vine. Unlike... The, the vineyards you may see when you're driving down the road, there are many rows of vines, but there's only one vine. And Jesus is the vine. But there are branches in the vine, and we're to produce fruit. He's looking for fruit in our lives. So we need to, just like Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Doesn't it make sense to you? Think about this in a very practical sense. Shouldn't we be about our father's business? And what is our father's business? It's reaching people with the gospel. That's his business. That's why Jesus came. One of my favorite parables in the Bible is the the parable of the sower, where Jesus said, the sower went forth to sow, and he he sowed seed. Some fell by the wayside. Some fell on rocky soil. Some fell among... Thorns and thistles, and doesn't use the word briars, but that's what I think about. And some fell on good ground and bringeth forth fruit. The parable of the sower. Why? Because our father is a husband. I mean, he's an agriculturist. He's a farmer. And so it's about planting the seed. It's about planting the seed and watering the seed and harvesting. When you read about Jesus coming back in the Gospels, and he said that the harvest is the end of the world, and that's when he's going to be 
You know, people that have rejected him will go to hell. People that have been saved will go to heaven. It's, all, it's about the big harvest. Very simple lesson tonight. But I think we need to think about who our father is. He is a husbandman. He's a farmer, right? He's a farmer. Much of the New Testament is about, is given in agricultural terms and Unfortunately, and this is neither here nor there, it's just the world we live in, a lot of people who know nothing about the farm or nothing about farming. But even people who have small gardens, you know what that's like. My wife had one tomato plant this year. She guarded it, put traps around it to keep the neighbors out of it. (laughs) You know why? Because we're interested in the fruit. Why else would you do that? It's all about the fruit, right? So when we think about missions and we think about praying for missionary work, we think about our work as Christians, how can we do this? We'll end with this. How do we, how do we participate in our Father's business? How do we participate? And I'm going to give you three simple ways, and there's more, but just to think about. How do we, if you were to, if you were to sit down tonight and say, Father, I I just want to just renew my thinking that you're my father and you're a farmer and your son, my savior, is a vine and I am a branch in that vine and I want to produce fruit. And there's some things that hinders that in this text. We're not going to look at that tonight. How might I participate in the father's business? How could I be about the father's business? Number one, by sharing the gospel, by witnessing and giving out gospel tracts, sharing the gospel with people, planting a seed, just planting the seed of the gospel. That track, that track, I cannot stand the fact that shirts don't have, did I ever say that, tell you that how much I despise shirts without pockets? You know what that is? You say it's a piece of paper. No, it's a seed. People have been saved just by picking these things up and reading them. Why? The power's in the gospel. How are we going to bear fruit? Number one, by witnessing to people, sharing the gospel, giving your testimony to people. And God opens up doors all the time to do that. There's something, there's something going on in our neighborhood here about houses. Our house is about to sell next door. When we put it on a market, the one next to it went on the market. It's already sold, has a new homeowner in it. The one across the street, I went over there today and talked to a man. And that's, that does, right, I don't say much about it, but that house across the street. Uh, it's it's going to be up for somebody else going to be living there. So I walked next door to do something on the rent house the other day. And when I walked next door, a a car pulled up in that house next to ours. And and I said this in my mind. I didn't say it out loud. But in my mind, I thought, I said, Lord, you might want me to talk to that person. And you know what? Sure enough, I get out of the car and he became friendly. He was a father. He was the father of the woman, the lady who's moved in there, her and her husband. And I had an opportunity to give him the gospel and talk to him. I'm just saying God gives us opportunities. 
If we're looking for them, we're thinking about it. Why? Because we're going to plant the seed. Our father is a farmer. You can't produce the fruit. I can't produce the fruit. It's his family business, but one way we can be involved is by sharing the gospel. Second of all, we can be involved by praying for the work of the ministry. Even praying for laborers. Jesus said that. The harvest, the harvest, keep in mind, his father is a farmer. You've heard me say this a lot of times before. This happened to us twice, though, this year. One year, we, the one week we drove up to uh, North Dakota and back, and two weeks later, we drove up to Minnesota and back. And asked my wife, I'm pulling over, taking pictures of combines and just watching these people. If you go there at night, it's a beautiful thing at night. The headlights are on these big combines in the middle of the night, and they're harvesting. You know why? Because it's all about the fruit. That's why they do it. It's the fruit. Jesus said, the harvest is great, but the labors are few. Then what did he say? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth labors into his harvest. That's the second way we can be involved is by praying. Praying for ministries, praying for our own church, the work of the ministry, praying for labors. The third way we can, as I've already mentioned, that's supporting ministry financially. We all have obligations, and some people have house payments and car payments and, and all these different kinds. We have obligations. We have to meet these obligations. Pay, you know, last I checked, they're not giving us all groceries for free, and gas prices, they still charge you, you know, about 26 cents a gallon. I think it's about what it was when I started out driving. They still charge you money for this stuff. You got, but you know what? All of us, every one of us, are to be involved financially in getting the gospel out, supporting missions, tithing. That's our, that's our responsibility. It's not a suggestion. It's, it's, the, it's the guideline that's been given us. I'm just saying, how do we participate in the Father's business? The matter of evangelism and missions is it's not the only thing the church is here for. We're here to, to encourage each other. We're here to love one another. We're here to comfort each other. We're here, to, here, we're here for a lot of reasons, but we're also here to get the gospel out. That's the mission of the church, and it's a worthy mission. I, you know, shame on anybody that would say, and I don't think anybody in our church would say this, well, you know, it's a missions conference. We already know that stuff. We need all the insight and encouragement and revelation, truth, guidance we can get on this subject. And so the church exists to help people hear the gospel, not only in our community but around the world, producing spiritual fruit. That's our Father's business. Our Father is interested in the harvest. And I hardly ever talk to a preacher this, is, this has happened twice this week. I hardly ever talk to a preacher when the subject of the end times comes up. They just, you know, people just tend to talk about it. I had a guy today talk about it. We must be living in the last of the last days. You know what? I believe that. I really believe that. I'm not going to ask if you believe it, but I think a lot of you believe it. But if that's true, what matters more than the harvest? What could possibly matter 
more than the harvest. Getting people saved. Getting the gospel. We can't save anybody, but God can use his word. So, tonight, this was my, my whole goal tonight. Was just to um, refresh our thinking about the fact that our father, with all of his other occupations, he's a farmer. He's a husbandman. He wants, it, he wants the seed planted. And he wants fruit to be born through his son by way of the branches. That's us. And I'm, I'm, I'm not tonight saying that um, I can control how much fruit anybody sees. Certainly not myself, but not anybody else. He's the one that produces the fruit. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? We are laborers together with God. Some sow... Some plant, he said, some water, but God gives the increase. God has to give the increase. But he uses people to, to plant the seed and prepare uh, for the harvest. So let's ask God tonight. Would you do that tonight? Would you say, Lord, I, just, I just want to remind myself that my father, who is a loving father and a faithful shepherd and a comforter, and a friend. My father is also a farmer whose greatly interested in the harvest and seeing fruit. Let's pray, all right? Our Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, for your word. Thank you again as we've looked into this passage tonight. And thought about it, Lord, that it helps us to see you as a, as a husbandman, a farmer. That we're working, as we sang in these songs tonight, we'll work till Jesus comes. We're working. We're labors together with God. God, we want to see fruit. Fruit. For your glory. Our church. We think about Paul writing to the church at Philippi. And thanking them for their financial support. And saying it's fruit to your account. Lord we want to bear fruit. Pray that you'd use not only this message. But the next few weeks. As we emphasize missions. You emphasize getting the gospel out. Pray Father that you would. You'd bless it. Help us, Lord. We want, to see, we want to see fruit born for your... We want you to be glorified. See fruit born through your branches, through the vine, for your glory.